0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. How are we this evening? Come on, guys, this is the first Sunday night that I have spoken at since we started Sunday Night Church. And everybody said, man, you're going to love the Sunday night crew because they're so much more excited than the Sunday morning guys. They give you so much more feedback. They're so much more into it. The vibe is so cranking. So how are you guys doing tonight? (laughs) All right. Fantastic. We're getting there. Where's Dylan? Your moustache. Wow. I'm inspired. Honey, what do you reckon that I just shave the beard off and keep the the moustache? What do you reckon for Movember? Did anyone think it was awesome that Dylan got one line wrong in his song, and it was the line, you don't want perfection? That was the one they got wrong? I just thought they were so beautiful. It was almost like you did it on purpose. Fantastic. Hey, for those of you that don't know me, my name is uh, Josh, and uh, I actually worked in radio for a long time. I spent 10 years working in radio all around New Zealand, so I worked for... Classic Hits, I worked for The Breeze, uh, I worked for More FM, uh, I did a little bit of time for The Edge as well, and I was the, the talkie-talkie guy. I was the guy, I had my own show, and then after a few years I met a guy called Tom, and we formed a, a duo, and we called ourselves Josh and Tom. I, I came up with that. No, not Tom and Josh. I was very firm on that. It's Josh and Tom was how that went. And uh, you know we had a lot of fun. We got to do a lot of cool stuff, and we got to talk to famous. There's not not that many famous people in New Zealand. I mean, there's like Dave Dobbin, and there's not a lot of of famous people in New Zealand. We got, you know, we got like Beck Runger and Anika Maher. I know I'm going back because it's been a few years since I was on radio. Uh, And then we got to interview Ronan Keating in his hotel room. It was pretty cool. He's very little, very short, very tiny. Uh, He was quite fit. We talked about running quite a lot. Uh, We talked to Robbie Williams on the telephone. It was pretty cool. Uh, I've interviewed Backstreet Boys, uh, Five, (laughs) (laughs) S Club Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Glory days. But before before I started talking on the radio, I had to kind of do a bit of an internship. And so I spent a couple of years driving around. I was the guy that drove the cars. You know, the the Black Thunders, the Morway 4s, the Roadrunners, depending on which radio station you worked for. Uh, and that was a pretty was a pretty cool job. I was the guy that you would hear on the radio at the start of an ad break saying, Hey, it's Josh here from the Moorway 4s, and we're parked up outside Rangur in your life. For the next 15 minutes, you come on down, you're gonna get some up and go, you're gonna get some eater chips, you're gonna get some more F. bumpers because you got have you ever heard those guys on the radio? And you always think, oh, yeah, I should, I should go do that. And then sometimes you see them driving around. Well, I was that guy. And so the way it worked, I'll, I'll bust a few secrets for you. The way it worked is that I would record that in the morning at like 9.30. I'd think, where do I want to go today. And I'd try and plan it based on what I wanted to do and what other errands I had to do. I'll go to the beach or I'll do this or I'll do that. And so I'd record it. Hey, it's Josh here. I'm down at the beach. and I've got this to give away and this to give away and this to give away. And then I'd put it into the system to play three hours later, or whenever it was scheduled, and then we'd hop in the car, there'd always be two or three cars, and we'd just cruise around in convoy, just cruise around Christchurch and stuff, and we just had to make sure that we were where we were supposed to be before it played, because there's nothing more awkward than hearing yourself on the radio saying, "I'm at the beach, and you're stuck in traffic, you know, sort of midway through town, it's embarrassing. So we would often just cruise around town for an hour and just do branding, and, you know, the boss was like, if people see Seinfeld on the side of a car, they want to listen to Seinfeld. Phil. Like, all right, so we'd just drive around town, and, Every time we did it, like every day, four or five times a day, you'd be sitting at traffic lights and you'd look out the window and there'd be people manifesting in the car next door to you. Ah, wind down your window. So you wind down your window and they'd lean out and they'd be like, you got any free stuff? You got anything to give away? People love free stuff. It's crazy. People just love, they go manic for free stuff. And I'd always say, yeah, 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 we've got free stuff. We've got this, we've got that. And they'd say, oh, can I have some? And I'd say, no, you've got to wait till you hear it on the radio. They'd be like, oh, mate, when's that going to happen? I'd say, oh, it's, it's another 45 minutes yet. Oh, where are you going to do it? Oh, I can't tell you that. You've just got to listen. So people would just follow us. And we'd, we'd, you know, we'd be like picking up stragglers as we went through town. We'd start with one car behind us, then there'd be two, then there'd be three, then there'd be four. And people would drive all around town. They'd follow us for like 45 minutes, all through town, around here, back here, around there. And we'd try and lose them because every now and again we'd recognize a particular car. And we called them prize pigs. And our prize pigs were people that just were constantly scabbing us for free stuff. And we didn't like that because we wanted to share the love around so we are try to lose those guys. But they'd follow us all through town for like 45 minutes just to get $2 worth of free stuff. Like an up and go, one of those little mini packets of uh, Eater chips or twisties and a more FM bumper sticker. And they'd be so happy. They'd be like, yeah. And I'd be thinking, you spent like 10 bucks in petrol just cruising around town. Cool. People love free stuff. One day we were parked up in a car park like South City or Northlands or something like that and we're giving stuff away. We had the boot open and we're giving stuff out and maybe like 10 or 15 people around and this guy comes driving up because we're in a car park and he winds down his window and he says, oh, can I have some free stuff? And I was walking with this girl called Anna and she looks at him and Anna was not always in a good mood, like hardly ever. And she says to him, it's not a drive-through, buddy. (laughs) And like he just... It crushed him. Like I saw his face, like crumple, and he goes, "Oh, sorry," and he drives off, goes past, and I was like, "And there's me, you eh? know." Five minutes later, we look up; he's wheeling himself towards us in a wheelchair, right? And Anna's like, "Oh my god!" She like jumps out; she's like hiding between parked cars, and he comes. Up. I gave him like a box of stuff, like here's everything we've got, man. You can just like have it. So embarrassing, man. People love free stuff, right? One time I was on the radio and we found out about this really hot chili sauce had like just been released and there's like these different there's like this chili sauce spectrum. You have like mild and medium and hot and then it goes up to like volcanic or something. And this thing was like right at the edge. And so we thought, well let's do a competition, see so you can handle the the chili. And so we set up a table outside because we kind of had the street that went right past the station. And we were doing our show, and people were coming up and trying things. And we were saying, hey, if you're in the area, come on down. If you can try the hottest chili sauce, just, you know, just dip a little bit of your finger in it, touch it to your tongue. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't get anywhere near it. So we had all these people coming up, and they'd start with mild, and they'd work their way up. They'd get halfway up to hot or something, and they'd be like, nah, I'm out, tapping out. And we thought, oh, no he's going to do it. And then all of a sudden, this cyclist just came biking up. He'd obviously been listening to us on the radio. And he just chucked his bike down. He's all in like lycra and spandex. He's got this, you know, the aerodynamic helmet. He just walks up, doesn't say anything, not even like, hello. And he just grabs the hottest chilli that we've got and just sculls it back, like two or three gulps. And, and we're like, like, is he going to explode or what's going to happen? And he just goes, that's ah, not that hot. And it was it. And so we had to give him, like, give him all this free stuff, CDs and things. It was like a $100 dinner voucher or whatever. And it was so anticlimactic. We were really disappointed. Because whenever you're on radio, you want things to explode and stuff. It's much more exciting. And then he just cycled off. And we thought, oh, that's, that was lame. And then the next day, his wife rings us. And she says, I thought she would like to know that yesterday afternoon, my husband came home screaming. He sprinted into the house ran to the toilet, shut the door, was on the loo for an hour, and then the whole night had to sit with his butt in a bucket of ice. <laughs> right? Painful, right? Paying the price. People will do anything for free stuff. They love free stuff. I don't know what it is about our brains, but we just gravitate towards stuff that's free, don't we? You see something that's like 70% off, you're like, I need that thing. I subscribe to all these different, you know, one day deals and things and holidays and stuff. And so every day I got something coming into my account or my email, and I'll be like, honey, let's look, look at this. It's only $40 and it used to be $200. We need this. And she'll say, What is it? I don't know what it is, but we need it because it's so cheap. You know, we're just attracted to cheap and things that don't cost us stuff. I was watching a, a YouTube video the other day, it was so boring. Uh, I was doing the rounds on social media. Everyone was saying, you've got to watch this. You've got to watch this. You might have seen it. Uh, normally, when that happens, it sounds like it's going to be really exciting. And then you watch it. You get halfway through it. You're like, this isn't exciting. This is boring. But this one sounded boring from the start. The whole title was boring. The description was boring. And put your hand up if you saw it. It was this guy dressed up in like, medieval old English clothing at like a shantytown or a fairy mead heritage park. They've been giving a 10-minute talk on how the way we walk has changed since they discovered or invented shoes. right? I just about fell asleep telling you that right then. That's how boring it was. But I started watching it, and what he was saying was that in the old days, before we had you know, comfortable shoes, I don't know what people were wearing back then, but they used to walk like this. They'd go sole heel. So you'd go sole heel, sole heel. This is how they'd walk. See my posture? See how good my posture is? He said, because if you walk sole heel, you can't slouch, because as soon as you try and slouch, you fall forward. So you have to have this nice, straight posture. And also, you've got an even weight distribution. And you kind of, the way that, the reason they'd walk like this is because you don't put all your weight down at once. You're kind of testing. So when you go outside with bare feet on a cold day, you're like, you know, you don't walk out like, you know, you're kind of testing like this. And then they invented shoes. And because now we've got shoes, we walk heel soles. So now we walk like this. You watch people walk, they walk like this. And he said, it's really bad for you because it changes your whole posture. You can walk like this. You slouch around. You can low-ride. You can do all that kind of stuff. And also, all of your weight goes down at the same time. So it's really bad for your bones and for your joints and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the most boring 10-minute YouTube video I've ever watched in my life. But then he said something that was kind of interesting. He said, the reason that we have changed the way that we walk, and we all do this, is because our bodies are hardwired to look for the easiest way to do something. And even though it's not as good for us, it's bad for our joints and bad for our posture, our body goes, this is easier, so I'm going to do this. It's kind of depressing, really, but when you think about it, it's like our brain's are hardwired to, to go for the things that cost us the least, to try and avoid paying expensive things and look for deals and look for free stuff. And at the same time, our bodies are hardwired to look for the easiest way to do things, to to avoid the path of most resistance and, and look for the easiest thing. And you put these two things together, doesn't make us look that awesome as human beings, but... Essentially, we are always trying to find something that costs us the least, that requires the least amount of effort, the least amount of energy, the least amount of cost, which is unfortunate if you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people. Because if you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people, it requires you to do the opposite of what kind of comes naturally. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're doing this 21 Days of Love at the moment, Uh, And Jared kicked it off a couple of weeks ago with Love is Brave, which was great. And then Glenn and Sam did last week, they did Love Moves. And then Deb did, like probably the best message I've ever heard Deb do this morning. Great message on love costs. And so I'm kind of wrapping that up tonight, love costs. But it's not a really complicated topic. Like it's not hard to explain to someone, hey, if you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people, it's going to cost you something. It's pretty simple concept. But I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. Do you want the good news first and the bad news? Or do you want the bad news, get that out of the way, and then the good news? What would you prefer? Yeah. Bad news first and the good. Okay. So the bad news is that if you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people, it's not going to come naturally. It's not the sort of thing that you're just going to fall into, that you can do without trying, that you can do without making effort. It's just not going to happen. If you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people, you've got to do it on purpose. It has to be a conscious effort, a conscious decision. You have to get up in the morning and go, I am going to try and love people the way that Jesus loved people today. If you get up and you don't, you just try and cruise through the day, you will naturally veer towards no cost, no effort, no energy, because that's the way that we're wired. So the bad news is if you want to love people the way that Jesus loved people, it's not going to happen naturally. It happens supernaturally. You've got to do it with Jesus. Yeah, so I want to be really clear tonight, because I, like, I love church. I love this church. I love going to church. I think church is great. Sunday services are awesome. But if, we, if all we do is come to church on a Sunday, and then it doesn't change anything Monday to Saturday, then it's kind of like, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So we've got to make a decision. Yes, I want to love people the way that Jesus loved people. And that's going to be a conscious, on purpose, I'm going to do it. That's, so that's the bad news. If you're thinking you can just cruise through this 21 days and cruise through life and, you know what, by the end of it, I'm just going to be loving people more like Jesus and you know, loving people more like this. And I'm going to be living a sacrificial love and a love that serves and a love that costs and a love that uh, you know, doesn't expect anything back and it's just going to happen without me even trying. Nah, you got to make it conscious decision. Yes, I want to be this person. You know, the Bible says that Jesus said that we would be known by our love for one another. How cool is that? That you could be out in town, somewhere in the Wymac, Wimac district, and you're talking with someone and they say, you don't get to Thrive, do you? And you go, well, yes, I do. How did you know? You know what? I can just tell when I'm talking to someone from Thrive because they're so loving. How cool would that be? If that was the sort of response that we got. You're getting petrol, you're at the supermarket. You know, you're doing whatever, and you're buying your groceries, and you just say to the checkout person, hey, hope you have a great day. You've got a lovely smile. God loves you. You don't got to thrive, do you? Yes, I do. I can always tell when Thrive people come through, they're just so loving. That would be awesome, I reckon. You know, you've got to do it on purpose. So that's, it's not even really that bad news, really. It's just a tiny bad news. Just only bad news if you thought you were going to cruise through and not have to do anything. You've got to do something. The good news is, that it only takes a teeny tiny bit of Jesus love to change someone's life. Teeny tiny, teeny tiny bit of Jesus love to change someone's life. I had an amazing story a couple of weeks ago. I've told Glenn, I've told a few different people. I like to tell my stories one at a time so I can tell it as many times as possible. I had an amazing story. You know how we're doing random acts of kindness at the moment with 21 Days of Love, and we're encouraging people to buy someone a coffee or, you know, pay it forward, all that kind of stuff. And then we've got these little wee cards that we give that say, hey, you've been blessed by Thrive. And I heard about a church that stole our idea a few years ago uh, back <laughs> over in the States. And they did the same thing. They were doing these random acts of kindness, and then they had a little wee card that they gave out. Uh, the only difference was that their card had a little e email address or website address on the bottom, which is good, because if it didn't, I wouldn't have the story. So just, just saying. Um, and so the story goes that this lady decided to do something nice, tiny, tiny bit of Jesus love. She was going through the McDonald's drive-thru. Now, I've never been through a McDonald's drive-thru, so I don't... <clears throat> wow, that's hurtful. Um, <laughs> But the way it works, apparently, when you go through a drive-through is that they take your order and then often when you're going to pay, they're taking the order of the person behind you. Have you ever done that? Uh, Jared told me that what happens is you'll be going to pay and the lady's like, that's, that's $12.40. You want fries with that? Yep, $7.80. Drive through to the window, please. While she's, have you ever had that experience? And so this lady, she goes, oh, I'll just pay for the meal of the lady behind me. She's just placed her order. So she says to the McDonald's lady, can I buy my meal I just want to buy the meal of the lady behind me too. And when she comes up to pay, can you give her this card? Which just says you've been blessed by, and it was a church name with their little wee website down the bottom. That's important. And it's not really. And so she paid for her meal and she gave her the card. And she didn't think anything of it. And then she just went on with her, and it probably cost her like nine bucks, 10 bucks. It was in America, so probably $2 whatever, because the exchange rate's crazy. And she carried on with her day. And the next day, someone rung the church. And they said, I'm trying to track down this lady. She paid for my meal last night. And she said, I don't know what her name is. I don't know anything about her. All I know is her license plate number. Because when I got up to pay for my McDonald's, she said, oh, that lady in front of you paid for it, just as she was driving off. She said, I got her license plate number. I I desperately need to thank her. And the lady in the church, she said, oh, yes, we're doing 21 Days of Love. And she wasn't doing that. We're just doing random acts of kindness, uh, if they were doing two hundred days, they stole that from us too, a few years ago. And she said, "Oh, we're doing we're doing all these random acts of kindness. That's lovely." And the lady said, "I really need to talk to her. She saved my life." And uh, the lady said, oh, "Okay, well, I'll make sure that I you know it's a bit of an exaggeration probably. She just bought you me mekkas, but whatever." And she says, "No, I need I need to talk with her. She saved my life." And what had happened was, this lady had decided to kill herself. And she went to McDonald's for her last meal. She had it all planned out. I'm going to go to McDonald's. I'm going to go through the drive-thru. I'm going to order my favourite Macca's meal. Then I'm going to go home and that'll be that. And this lady paid for her meal. And that tiny, tiny bit of Jesus love was enough to save her life tiny, tiny bit of Jesus love. Sometimes, guys, we can stress out. We're like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, what if I do this? And then I need to do this. I need to do that. We we make it so complicated and so scary sometimes. You just need a tiny, tiny bit. How hard is it to pay for someone's... GG, you work at McDonald's, eh? Yeah. How much does it cost for a Big Mac combo? Go. $8. I don't know if that's right. No. I'll ask Jared. He goes all the time. $12, yeah. $8. You're, you're trying to advertise Macca's right now, aren't you? $8. Everyone here is going, $8? Flip, I'm going to Macca's for dinner. Is there, is there anything at McDonald's for a combo that's more than 20 bucks? No, nothing. How easy is that, though? Less than, forget $8. I got to not know what he's talking about. How, how easy is that? Less than $20 and you can save someone's life. Buy someone a coffee. Be there for someone that needs you to be there for them. It doesn't take much, but it does take on purpose. It takes thinking about other people. It takes saying to Jesus, Hey Jesus, how do you want me to love this person today? Because I'll tell you something, you can't love people the way that Jesus loved people if you don't know Jesus. Follow the logic through. If I want to love someone the way Jesus loves them, I need the love of Jesus. And you can't separate the love of Jesus from the person of Jesus. If you're not in a relationship with Jesus, you can't love people with love of Jesus. So the reason that you need to do Jesus love supernaturally is because you need, you need Jesus involved. But don't think it needs to be this big, scary thing that you've got to go out onto the street and you know, lead someone to Jesus in the middle of the road. Like You can just buy someone a coffee. You can just grab a friend that maybe you haven't caught up with a while that you know is doing it a bit hard and say, Hey, let's you know, let's hang out. Go for a swim or something like that. Yeah. It's so easy. It's so easy, but it's not gonna happen, guys, unless we make a decision to do it. You know, we have on any given Sunday, that's a movie title, uh, here at church, over the three services, we might average three hundred people, three hundred people on a Sunday. Imagine if all of us decided that three or four times a week we were gonna just give out a little bit of Jesus' love. As we went through the supermarket, we said to the lady, you've got a beautiful smile, God loves you so much. Thanks for my groceries. That's, That's not hard to do. People love hearing stuff like that. Imagine if all of us were doing that three or four times a week. That would mean in this area, in our region, every week over a thousand encounters with a little bit of Jesus' love. A thousand encounters with a little bit of Jesus love every week from people just saying, God loves you. You've got a great smile. You know, you're the happiest checkout person that I've had in weeks. Thank you so much for doing such a great job. It's so easy to just be like Jesus to people. Over three months, we could have 10,000 encounters with the love of Jesus just from the people in this church just being like Jesus. How cool is that? I'm a really big fan of, of um, getting practical. You know, James talks in the Bible about having faith. And you know, if you have faith, but you don't have works, then do you really have faith? Because faith looks like something. And you know, we've got this hashtag, love looks like. And it works the same for love. Love without action is dead. If I tell you that I love you, but I never do anything that remotely resembles love, then you would be well within your rights to go, you know what? I don't reckon Josh does because love looks like something. So what I want to encourage us to do this week is do something practical that looks like love, that someone's going to feel and receive love from. It might be doing something. It might just be saying something. It might be going home and giving someone a big hug and saying, you know what? I don't say this enough, but you really, you know, I love you so, so much. I'm so glad you're in my life. Something, it could be something simple. So what I want to do really quickly, uh, and I checked with Jared to make sure this was okay, is we're just going to break into groups of like three or four, you know, four or five, I don't care about numbers. I'm a bit of a rule breaker. And we're just going to pick one thing or one person that you want to just share a little bit of Jesus love with this week. Like I say, it could be buying a coffee, it could be buying, it could be a stranger, it could be someone that you know, someone, God might put someone onto your heart that you go, actually, I really want to connect with this person. Could be a family member, could be a friend, could be a schoolmate, as I say, could be uh, the checkout person, could be whoever. And then next Sunday, I'll tell you now, next Sunday, we're going to check and we're going to say, hey, who who can we celebrate this evening? Who can we celebrate actually getting out there and giving a little bit of Jesus love? Because what I don't want is I don't want us to go, well, that was a great Sunday night, and then go home and get up on Monday morning and then just have another week with, you know, where things get in. Like, let's actually do this on purpose. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, so let's break in the groups to three or four, and just have a wee think. What can I do? Who can I talk to? Maybe you'll have some of the pops into your head, but you don't know what you're going to do yet. Maybe you have an action pop into your head. I'm going to buy someone coffee, but you don't know who it's for yet. But it has to be something that you can hand on heart say next week. I did that, or I didn't do that. Something specific.